dinosaurs. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez, and you are here for our show called Season Over, one of my favorite shows in the whole year because we get to take the piss out of every club that is not in the AFL anymore. Uh, and I am here to do it with Source. Hey, Pez, um, a little bit disappointing that you've started off the show with um, kicking teams out of the AFL. Let's not uh, over, <laughs> oversight, uh, jump over that oversight. But I can't believe you haven't started off the show with our man, JB, Jesse Baird, coming into the finals, kicking David Roden out of his final spot, debuting for the first time in the elimination of final two, a big game, knockout uh, finals footy, St. Kettle versus the Doggies, mate. How did you not start the show with that? I didn't start the show with that because I knew you were super excited. You messaged me the screenshot <laughs> of the umpires being announced. And we had uh, Jesse Baird there with his uh, debut in the finals, which we are both super excited about, our new favourite goal umpire, and uh, a sneaky uh, David Roden, his uh, emergency. You heard it here first on Behind the Boundary a couple of weeks ago when when he had that uh, blunder of the goal review, the first one of his career, I think. Um, we said that it would cost him finals, and we were not wrong, named as an emergency for the second qualifying final. A uh, bit disappointing for David Roden after a bit of a shaky, shaky year, actually. Yeah, shaky year, which ended in a goal review and ended in a, a career over. So um, behind the boundary, don't take any prisoners. So if you uh, you review that goal, you're not you're not our favourite goal umpire anymore. We'll find someone new. And we found the man. We found Jesse Baird, and he is going to perform in that elimination final. Yeah, big day for the debutante, JB. Hopefully he does well. I know he's going to do well. He's got so much confidence and swagger when he goes through to that goal umpire. Oh, I can't wait for that game on Saturday and to see Mate, him it, just... It doesn't even matter. Your, your club's in Geelong. My club's in St Kilda, but we're not even excited about that. <laughs> we're just riding our man, JB, all the way to the grand final. Get him a debut. Try and get him at both ends if we can. I don't know how we can do it. Just if you can get that man at both ends, you won't have any scoreboard blunders, no arc. Just close the arc. Close the arc for the day. Jesse Baird will take care of it. Well, why not just get some sort of hashtag going? You know, you've got, uh, you know, the starters. Pairs have got stand with uh, stand with skeets. Maybe we could get one with um, salute with uh, Jesse. Salute with Jesse or something like yeah, what's that. Yeah, what's it called? I don't know. I was trying to think of what it is. Like the, the guns, the, the not, goal not a with... Not finger bang, is it? Not a finger bang. <laughs> finger bang with Jesse. I, don't, I, I feel like if you turn that into uh, Twitter, you might get some, um, some different results than the goal umpire. Um, <laughs> I can't believe you said that, Pairs. <laughs> Oh well, well, we did, and um, I was uh, watching a little bit of Totally Wild on the on the weekend, as we as we said, because uh, he is a host over there as well on uh, on Channel Ten. So, uh, great show, and uh, I am glad though to have the footy back this week. I'm very glad to have the footy back. We're talking about Totally Wild and goal umpires, Bez. But we do need to get into some football. You're right, it was a big week in football uh, with a lot of things happening. But for some clubs, their season has been over for now a little bit of over a week. And we need to get into, as you said, one of the great segments of the show. It's a, it's a shame that we only get to use it about four times a year because I work super hard on the intro. I mean, the media manager works super hard on the intro. But are you ready for it, Pez? Are you ready to get into season's over? Yeah, let's play. I forgot what this intro is, actually.
How did you forget that, Pez? <laughs> like, that's going to be stuck oh, in your well, head you for said months. We only, we only do it four times a year. I haven't done it <laughs> since uh, since the grand final last year. So, um, and that was a disappointing day as well when we painted town orange and then had to had to repaint it yellow and black. It was no good. But this segment source, you did say it's one of our favourites here at Behind the Boundary. We know, as as listeners would know, every segment is our, is one of our favourites. But this is one of our favourites. And what we get to do is we get to come up with a little bit of a hashtag, bring your own hashtag as well. We start from the bottom of the ladder, we work our way up, and just because the season's over does not mean we stop talking about your team because we're going to talk about your team. We're going to talk about where they finished. Uh, we're going to give them a hashtag and uh, have a bit of a play on words in, in some cases, and uh, and we'll have a bit of a chat about where to next for the for the clubs. Exactly right, Pez. We go through where they finished, how many wings. We give it a nice little cheeky hashtag, a little bit of fun, a little bit of seriousness as well. We go through your delistings, and uh, then we don't talk about your team again for the <laughs> until next season because your season's <laughs> over. No, just kidding. Uh, we do get into your teams throughout the thing, but it is good to reflect on the season that was, what's coming next, and and you know for some of those supporters down the bottom of the ladder, you know you get an extra week of uh, talking about your team. I see a little bit of a precursor as well because every media outlet for footy is actually talking about the finals at the moment we're just doing a little bit of a precursor we're talking about the teams that are out and we get to do our big final show coming up as well where we get to preview uh the four finals this week which are going to be absolutely massive but instead of talking about the top eight let's talk about the bottom 10 and let's get into the wooden spooners first source yeah let's get into the adelaide crows the adelaide crows had an absolute shocker of the season they only won three games uh for the year as you said they finished bottom they won their first um their first wooden spoon they looked like going the whole season um without a win until they did get some towards the end they would have been the first team since uh, fitzroy in 1964 pez what was your uh hashtag for the crows oh the hashtag um hashtag picture tents um and the reason the reason you're going to be pitching your tents is because they're going to be camping uh down the bottom for for a little while so uh adelaide crows fans pitch your tents you're losing a few uh players as well there's been mass exodus since the 2017 grand final and uh yeah it's not not looking too good for the club you've got uh, a new coach in there rookie coach who didn't win a game for a, a long while they won three in a row at the end there showed a little bit of hope towards the end but uh, they've got to try and fix that culture, and uh, with what Brad Crouch uh, did on the weekend, it's it's not looking good at the moment. No, not looking good at all, and that supports my hashtag, Pez. I went hashtag murdered, uh, so a little play on words there for a collection, uh, the collective noun for a group of uh, crows it is mur- a murder, and they were murdered this year. 20, uh, 2017, they committed the crime, and they have been paying for it ever since. <laughs> it's a long turnaround. Hopefully, it's not 10 and done, um, but they were absolutely deplorable. They were non-competitive against... A range of different sides, but what's really disappointing for the Crows is they were non-competitive against uh, some of those bottom sides as well, having huge losses to Gold Coast and North Melbourne. And uh, there wasn't much to be positive about this year for the Crows. No, not not too many positives at all, which is uh, disappointing when you're a team down the bottom of the ladder because, you know, they they probably tried to reload a little bit. They've got a couple of senior players there and uh, they've, they've got to know now that it's, it's time for a rebuild and uh, uh, get used to being down in the bottom four. Yeah, most definitely. Now they they did have um they did have some positive signs. They had some players that really stepped up. They had uh, Riley O'Brien who won their um their best and fairest uh, during the week. You know, a, po- a really promising sort of ruckman sort of player who's going to uh, who, despite his um inability to socialise online through his Twitter feed, he did uh, demonstrate at times some really great football. 
Yeah, that's it. And that's um, the, the hope that people at the bottom or team supporters at the bottom of the ladder really, really have. So you, you're kind of hoping that some of these players really come on and uh, are able to compete with the with the best of teams. But it is a, a massive gap between the top four and the bottom four. And with equality and things like that within the AFL and equalisation, uh, it, it is tough. And there's always going to be a top four and there's always going to be a bottom four. And there's always going to be a bit of a gap, I think, source it's not going to be that even type of season where every team is in contention to make finals and things like that there's always going to be the uh the crap down the bottom yeah most definitely and you know like you say that those sort of promising signs going ahead it is it is you know you know you and i both follow the minnesota timberwolves looking forward to the draft is always fun when your team's not very good so you know the the crows can look forward to having the number one pick um even though despite it's probably going to go to an academy academy player in the western bulldogs they'll probably take the the best best player of the lot but they are looking to get um you know some compensation probably for matt crouch when he goes there probably looking you know two two picks in the top 10 so quite good for the crows and it's good for them to looking forward yeah, it'll be interesting to see with the um, contract for Brad Crouch and what the compensation will be as well if they if they lose some value uh, with that drug strike and things like that. But um, pros, see you later for the season. Your season's over, done. Yeah, speaking to some of those other players, and it's it's a shame that we have to say goodbye to some of these players. But Bryce Grubb, Bryce Gibbs, Bryce Gibbs uh, retired. Riley Knight uh, delisted. Alice Taylor delisted, and Patrick Wilson delisted. So huge loss there in um, and Riley Knight, which is probably the biggest name out of those. Bryce Gibbs obviously struggled to get into that senior side and has hung up the boots. Uh, you know, finishing his uh, career as an AFL footballer. Yeah, Gibbs couldn't really uh, get any consistency going at the Adelaide Crows after having a good year in his last final year at Carlton there. Uh, Riley Knight um, playing in that 2017 grand final source and being delisted is uh, showing where his career has really gone to. They've lost so much more over the last few seasons and uh, I imagine that that list is going to get a little bit uh, longer. And just who are they going to go after? They're, they've probably got the ruck there. They probably need another a few more leaders around the club. Do they go for that that older type player who's got the culture behind them that can that can bring that in? We we don't really know. So um, we look forward to seeing what Adelaide do in the off season and see if they can bounce back and uh, have a better performance in twenty twenty one. Yeah, most definitely. All right, Pez, we move on to the next side on our uh, season over review. I know that you're loving this one. You can't wait to get into this one. We go to your favourite, North Melbourne Kangaroos. They finished second last, three wins, uh, and uh, very disappointing for, for the Roos after um, a lot of people, a lot, well, actually, a lot of North Melbourne supporters thought they were going to be very competitive this year, but um, very similar story to the Adelaide Crows, not to be seen anywhere near being competitive for most of the year. Mate, a lot of uh, North supporters uh, think that every single year, and I don't know why. Um, they should have started a rebuild a long time ago. So good to see that they've actually started that. But I've got a hashtag, hashtag GOAT. You know what GOAT stands for, Source? It's normally greatest of all time, but I'm guessing it's nowhere near that. So uh, Oh, it, it actually me. is. It actually is. I've just added another word to the end of it. So we've got greatest all, greatest of all time comedians because this club is an absolute joke we are we've, we're looking at absolute comedy gold so instead of watching stand up on netflix cancel your subscription just watch any game of north uh from the 2020 season and uh you'll you have a bunch of laughs uh the best thing about this club is the hiring of their coach reese shaw uh absolutely love it i have mentioned it on the show before have a look at any of his interviews or press conferences, and I'm still waiting on the media manager to get me that on loop because that's what's going to be 
going on in my off-season source. So, um, yeah, the, the greatest of all time comedic football club and uh, they're not going anywhere. It's good to see that they've delisted a lot of players. Ben Brown, see you later, showing the door. Higgins, go find another club. They're just getting rid of everyone, shutting up shop and saying, you know what, we're going to be at the bottom of the ladder for at least the next five years. I love it. Uh, well, it's, that's a perfect segue to uh, my hashtag there, pairs with your, your five years reference, because my hashtag is something that I've been echoing on this show and in my own time, anytime personally I'm talking about football. My hashtag for North Melbourne is hashtag five years too late. 2014 really, really, really screwed the club. They, they finished 10th uh, in 2013, and then, of course, they had that miraculous sort of uh, easy fixture, and they made their way up to, I think it was about six. After that, they absolutely should have started their rebuild. They should have realised that what they hid the last couple of years before that hitting eighth. But instead, they topped up players and they've not been competitive since. You look at the teams that finished down the bottom of 2014, not in order. Brisbane, St Kilda, Melbourne, Western Bulldogs and GWS. Western Bulldogs have actually won a premiership since then. GWS have been to a grand final. Brisbane are sitting top of the ladder. Um, (laughs) St Kilda and Melbourne have both had finals runs, are about to have them. And North Melbourne uh, have gone the absolute opposite direction and they probably should have started their rebuild and it's going to be another six years before they even get decent. So, um, well, I was telling North, North fans uh, early on, they were saying, but we made preliminary finals. Yeah, you made them from sixth and seventh and you got smashed by 10 plus goals. You weren't ready for those finals. You didn't have the list ready for anything. Brad Scott Scott saw the writing on the wall and said, you know what, I'm going to save my save my skinnier. I'm getting out while I can. And they went and hired Rich. Oh, uh, I don't want to speak about this club anymore. You're you're done for the year, North. See you later. Yeah, they are done. There are there are some promising signs from North Melbourne from some of the young players. Um, despite not having a, a game plan for much of the year, they they sort of wanted to play uh, that sort of inside out football and play it safe down the line. But their skill level didn't do it. There were some positive signs from uh, Reshaw's North Melbourne. Jai Simpkin finally had a, a great run of a season. You know, averaging 20, 20 disposals, but. The fact that we mentioned the word finally in there just shows you how much, how they've really blundered young potential um, talent. You had their probably best year from um, Luke McDonald that he's already had. But again, <laughs> you know, we're, we're clutching at straws when we're talking about positives for the, for North Melbourne. Sean Higgins was, you know, honourable and Trent Dumont was there for most of the year and did all right. But um, there were too many players that couldn't get into their regular side. They had a constant shuffle of players throughout the year. They used 39 different players. Right, 39 different players for the year, which is crazy. Uh, and they just lacked skill, identity, and there were too many people that couldn't get into their regular side. For a team that was sitting down the bottom, I just I, I don't understand North Melbourne. Yeah, they're going to have the biggest list list turnover, and it's about time, but they need to do do that with the coaching panel as well. They shouldn't have even hired um, Mr. Reese Shaw after eating the lollies in his uh, first game or whatever, but... He, he just doesn't know what's going on. But anyway, they've delisted some players. You mentioned four players that were positive. I can probably only name two more. Todd Goldstein, who's a very good ruckman, but it's probably not a positive for him because he's wasting his days out in that side. And another one, uh, Cameron Zerha, who is um, a really good forward, one of the strongest players in the AFL, especially in a one-on-one contest. And uh, no one can take that man to ground. And uh, he's a player that I really like to watch, but the ball hardly goes into the forward line. But he does do does do his job. All right, so we, we obviously know what they need to, to do to improve. They need to just get young talent. What do they do with the rest of their list? What do they do with Goldstein? Do they, do they try and trade him for picks? Like, what, what do they do with these players? Do they just empty shot Look, completely? It's, it's, it's a couple of years too late for that as well. Like, they're not going to get the value that he had a couple of years ago when 
the the talk was around that and Goldstein going, and they had they had Proust there that they could have got for a lot cheaper and got Goldstein out for a pick and started their rebuild uh, at least two years ago. They should have done it five years ago, Saucer. I agree with you, but at least two years ago when they you know Brad Scott went out, changed a coach and things like that. Um, that's ridiculous. They need a lot. Uh, ben Brown, I, I think, is a victim here. Like he, yeah, he had a poor season, but. Um, he did kick 60 goals the year before that. Uh, he didn't get the the ball down in the forward line. He's a really good set shot at goal. He probably can't play in the one-on-one contests and things like that. But with the way Footy's going and uh, getting a lot of space, if he can go to a club that can get the ball in there and he can have a, a lot of shots at goal, he'll kick a lot of goals. Yeah, it's yeah. He's probably a product of a poor game plan and inefficiency going forward. And you know, when you don't have the ball down there a lot, you're not obviously going to kick a lot of goals. But North Melbourne, I'm glad that they're making that move and they've definitely offered him up for trade. And they're not clutching at straws. I hope they do the same with Goldstein. And I hope that you know they get stuff back and they don't get. Um, I've been watching. I don't know if you've ever watched. Have you watched a TV show called The League? It's about a no. fa- fantasy football. And they use a term all the time. It's a little bit, little bit derogative. They use a word called trade raped. Because no one wants to deal with these people and they just give them whatever because no one wants to deal with them. And I hope that's not what happens because a lot of people don't want to go to North Melbourne because of the facilities and the troubles. And I hope they get decent picks back for what they're going to give up. And I hope they are successful in a rebuild. They're one of the oldest clubs there. You know I've got a soft spot for them because my old man follows them. And I would hate to see them bottom out like this. I agree with you. I hope they do get some really good picks and get some absolute guns like the Matt Rowe type and things in there. And then they'll realise that it's a, a crock of shit and they'll leave after two seasons and it'll be good and they'll stay down the bottom. I'll, I'll love it. All right, speaking of people that are leaving, <laughs> I'm going to gloss over that, Pez. You mentioned that they did have a lot of um, <laughs> delistings. Uh, have you got the delistings up there, Pez, or would you like me to run through them? Oh, I, I do. you got Paul Laherne, who came from GWS. He's gone. Joel Crocker. Majak Dorr, who is a great story for footy and I wonder if he finds a new home. Uh, Sam Durden. Lockie Hosey, who... A young type forward who you know, kicked a few goals this year. Ben Jacobs, who came from Port Adelaide earlier on. Jamie McMillan, who's been serviceable for about 10 years. Tom Murphy. Jasper Pittard, who was a failed uh, recruit. Marley Williams, another failed recruit. And Mason Wood, who yeah, was much maligned by the, the North supporters uh, with his effort and things at the end of that season. Yeah, most definitely. My, my dad, when they went through that list, he, the only one he was actually a bit upset was uh, good old Hosey because he, he had one one good game when they thumped someone and he kicked three or four goals and he's like, why yeah. the way are they dumping him? I'm like, mate, he, he was the only bloke that kicked decent goals for him in one game. Just get rid of him. Just hit the restart button, get them all out of there, start from fresh, bud. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. And uh, I'm very happy now because we actually get to stop talking about this uh, joke of a club, so it's great. We do. We get on to uh, the 16th spot, the Sydney Swans. They finished the season with five wins where it's probably a pretty serviceable season for, for the Sydney Swans. Many people thought that it was the rebuild season. The only story that we were talking about before the year was Buddy Franklin um, kicking, you know, uh, one <laughs> kicking an amount of goals and, you know, sort of breaking those records, but uh, not to be because he didn't play a game. So, Pez, what is your hashtag for Sydney? Yeah, my hashtag for Sydney, you, you, if you thought uh, Buddy was going to play, you would have had them up the ladder a bit more. If you thought he wasn't going to play, you'd have him down there as well. So um, my one is actually hashtag forward thinking. Now, the reason it's forward thinking is because Papley said he's going to stay. He's going to stay at Sydney Swans. Isaac Heaney, our main man, coming back from injury. Decent forward. Buddy Franklin, another one. And Jeremy Cameron might be on their radar as well. So let's see. If you've got those four forwards in a footy club, you have to be making finals. 
Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I've sort of gone in the same sort of um, reign there, Pez, uh, with that sort of forward sort of hashtag. You know, when you, you know, um, I don't know if you're going to understand this or not. You're probably going to have a bit of a giggle, but my, mine is actually a bit of play on words. I've got the hashtag Papsmia. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tom Paps? Yep, yeah, obviously Tom Papsley. But, you know, when, when you go get a Papsmia, well, I'm not going to go get a Papsmia, but people that go and go and get Papsmias, you know, they're checking for they're checking for stuff and they're looking for the future. And that's exactly what Sydney is doing. <laughs> they spent this year looking for... Um, looking for stuff, and they definitely found stuff, as you said, in terms of their talent up forward. Papley, Heaney's already a gun, and they also found some other gems in there. You know, Callum Mills had a really strong year as a small defender. Uh, Jake Lloyd and uh, Dane Rampey were fantastic, as always. You know, Dane Rampey when he can get on the pitch. But um, James Rowbottom, they found a a Swans midfielder going forward for for the long run. But the only concern that I have for them is this nine-year contract that Buddy Franklin still hasn't uh, been able to execute. Ten games in two seasons, you say that they've got a lot of forward potential, like the pun intended. Do they get him on the park in 2021? No, he has to. He came in the bubble. Get get him up and about. Get him ready, right to go. He's been training and things like that. But I I can't talk about Sydney anymore because I'm still thinking about... um, you're, what you think of Papsmears, you're talking about uh, you're, you're looking into the future. So the person with the Papsmears just looking into a time machine, is this is what happens? Well, that's what you do. You're like, you know, obviously, a Papsmear you're using to identify cancer, and you know, that's what you're doing. You're looking forward to looking to find, see if there's any problems. If there's not any problems, smooth sailing, future's good. If there is a problem, you need to identify it. And, you know, the outlook, that, the outlook the is good for be, Sydney Swans. Could be uh, Buddy's injury, could be the, uh, the big thing that, could be wrong with uh, the exactly Pap smear right. or it could it, be right. It could be it could be the derailing moment for, for the Pap smear, but it doesn't I think the outlook is good. No cancer in Sydney. They're definitely going forward with some Congratulations uh, to you as well, Source. Congratulations, mate. You've just broken the world record for saying the word Pap smear on a on a footy podcast the most times ever. Yeah, well that's that's a bit harsh there, Pez. So so <laughs> we've said it about like, 22 times. All right, all right, I'll stop saying it then. So what, 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 what do they need to do next, Pez? What, we're next for the, for the Swans. Um, yeah, I can't say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, up the ladder, hopefully. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really glad we spoke to them. Um, I think that the, I think that you mentioned a really good point there of the interest from Jeremy Cameron. Uh, if uh, GWS do decide not to, to, to run with him or, or do his contract with Riccardi there, offering some promise. Um, other than that, they probably just need um, just a decent sort of ruckman because they seem to have a decent sort of game plan. They are exciting when they go forward. They probably just need a decent ruckman, which is hard to find in the AFL, to be able to sort of navigate that ball down to some of those mids and uh, get the get the ball going. Cody Goldstein. He would be a perfect fit for Sydney, especially with that age bracket. And if you also can get Joe Danaher or Jeremy Cameron in there as well, Buddy Franklin in there. They could definitely finish about tenth or twelfth if they, you know, tenth, eleventh, twelfth. That, that, that's decent. That's a decent up, upbringing for Sydney. Many people predicted them to be down the, you know, last of the ladder, not win a game. Yeah, no, and they've got they've got a core in there. They've got some midfielders. They've got some defenders as well. So, um, yeah, they've got a good coach there, Longmire, who's um, done the test of time and uh, done the apprenticeship under Paul Roos for all those years, and. Uh, He's very emotional still, and he's very invested. So uh, oh, c- continue fighting. They have to be one of the best coaches, box Stevie J, Cox, and Longmuir in there, and it's just literally horses for courses. Everyone is arguing with everyone. It's the best to watch, and you know what? It's what needs to happen more in football. You know that they're having those hard conversations all the time, and you can see that on the field when they have those really big wins. 
And, and obviously towards the end of the year, they weren't trying to win a lot of games, but you can see how much it means to them. And I love that forward thinking and open opinion to be able to challenge the head coach. Yeah, and Dean Cox gets the uh, grunt of it, doesn't he? And he fights back, which is good. Uh, he's good, Dean Cox. And the best thing is for the season, we mentioned it on the show when it happened, is when he, he got up and he hit his head on the uh, little sprinkler. <laughs> and then Stevie J stared at the door saying, you're on camera, mate. This is going to be all over everything. You can imagine that, those two going at it, <laughs> Cox and Longmuir, and then bloody um, <laughs> Stevie J just Stevie J in the background. Stevie J in the boker and just put, throwing one in there and then just sort of going back into the crowd. That, sip, that Simpsons meme where they go into the bushes, like throw, throw a grenade in there, <laughs> slowly sneak out. I love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you would do. And uh, I'm looking at the delistings for Sydney and where to next and uh, no news yet. No, because they, they started the rebuild when they needed to start a rebuild. They got rid of all their dead weight last year. <laughs> so there's no no problem for them. It's uh, it's all good for Sydney going forward That's into it. the future. Oh, we round out the bottom four source. Uh, it's strange to say this in uh, our lifetime, especially the Hawthorne Hawks. Yeah, Hawthorne had a, a really disappointing season, probably the first time um, in, a, in a long time that we are talking about Hawthorne. Actually, do you know what? It's, it's, we haven't talked about them on this show Outside of finals for in terms of our season over, Hawthorne finished 15th, five wins, really, really disappointing. Um, showed some promise early in, in a couple of games, but realistically um, a, a terrible season for, for Hawthorne fans. Yeah, very disappointing, especially when they've uh, they've tried to reload, really, haven't they? They've, um, they've got a lot of uh, ex-players from other clubs that are a little bit older and their age demographic is very high at the moment, so... Uh, they are relying on not homegrown talent, but mostly mostly the recruits. So what I've done is Hawthorne, it's a little bit of a celebration. So not a celebration that they're in the bottom four, but a celebration of what has been. And they've done an absolutely fantastic job. It doesn't matter where they are now. Look what they did. They had a three-peat. They were up there for however many years. They, they won in 2008 as well. They won four premierships in the last 12 years. So that is a, a very, very good strike rate. So hashtag... The time of our lives, because in football, nothing gets much better than this. And I was having a look at a little bit of a Google of the time of our lives, and Miley Cyrus actually has a song. And uh, the start of this song source uh, with the lyrics, it just says, seems like we're holding on forever, which is what most Hawthorne fans are trying to do. And Clarko and the list management are holding on forever. I've got to let it go. So getting a little bit somber, you know, you've just, you've just got to let it go. We're done. We're starting the rebuild. Time's up. You push me to surrender. Is this a? Did I miss the cue of an AFL podcast? We're talking Pap smears and Miley Cyrus. Is this a? Is this a sixteen-year-old Dolly magazine podcast? I'm a little bit unsure. Well, did you not hear those lyrics? <laughs> Absolutely did. perfect. Do you, know, do, you know what, do you know what I think is a better? I, I agree. What you what your hashtag? What was it? What was your hashtag then? Time of our lives. Yep. Yeah, I think the Green Day's classic is a much better. Good riddance. <laughs> Time of our lives. Get them out of there. I'm glad it's over. Geelong supporter. I've gone the other way, Pez. Don't worry about the celebration. Yes, they've had a good time, but hashtag awkward because I think it was it was a little bit uh, awkward that no one told Alistair Clarkson that they were rebuilding. Yeah, he could have got out there a year earlier right? and uh, and tried to do that because they did. Where did they finish? They finished top four the year before, didn't they? And yeah. uh, went out straight sets. Yep, straight sets because well, so, they, they shouldn't have been there. They got gifted a great easy fixture. But that's a big. That's a huge fall from grace. Still massive, Crazy. massive. But yeah, I, I, look, I do, you know, I do muck around saying it. It's you know, good riddance that they're not in the finals. Being a Geelong supporter, obviously having some um, classic rivalries with the Hawks, but uh, it, it definitely was a celebration of the last twelve years, as you said, four premierships in twelve years. 
massive feat. They'll go down as one of the greatest teams of all time for for you know all the, all the modern era at least. But it, I think that um, it's time for Hawthorne actually to rebuild. We know they don't go through um, the draft normally, but in this day and age, I think that's how they're going to have to to bottom out and um, build rebuild from the, the start. Yeah, well, they got Will Day, who was um, top five in the Rising Star as well. So um, they do have some young talent in there. They've got some other uh, middle-aged uh, talent for, for AFL standards, that 24 to 28 bracket. And then they've got the, the older blokes as well. Um, Bergwijn said he's going to go around again for a year and things like that. So uh, very interesting there. Uh, Connor Glass retired. Ricky Henderson retired. Puopolo retired. And Ben Stratton retired as well so they've started it i think there'll be a few delistings and things like that and a few uh players available in terms of like isaac smith is probably going to be up for trade and uh, if someone wants him give a give a highish pick for him and uh, a few more players will actually be on the trade table and find themselves new homes in 2021 yeah most definitely they did find some young talent uh as you said will day damian greaves in their back line dylan moore jamie, jamie cousins harrison morrison look promising but yeah, it is time to, to reload and, and just offload those middle-aged players, as you said. Shane Burgoyne going around again, I think that's a great move. You can keep that sort of experience there. A person who knows what it takes to win at that level. He still obviously works right, uh, works hard. He still can contribute. I think he's a good person to keep around the club. And you know what? If he's not um, actually getting a game on game day, then he is going to be offering heaps at training. So I think he's a good, he's a good you know, going around one more year. But uh, it'll be interesting whether, I mean, the big question is whether Clarkson goes around next year. Yeah, you know, or he finds a new home with a with a GWS list that's uh, possibly still ready to have another crack at it and things like that. So, um, well, that, that would be a big move. Say, that would be a massive move, Pez. Leon Cameron out, Alistair Clarkson in. The Premiership pedigree yeah, continues. I, I don't know why they re-signed Leon Cameron so late in the year for another couple of seasons. It's just ludicrous to me. But um, yeah, Clarko will probably find a home somewhere like that. I, I can't see him not coaching. Actually, I think he. He really enjoys it, and he looks like he really loves it. So um, interesting to see what happens. I don't think he wants to be a part of a rebuild, but he might have to for one more year, sit it out, and then find a find a home with someone that gets sacked and uh, something like that. But, uh, yeah, Hawthorne, it's a, it's a celebration. You, you're there, but now it's time to say goodbye. We, uh, we are done. Exactly. Good riddance. Uh, let's get on to uh, the team that finished 14th. Uh, big surprise, uh, probably the, the biggest improver of the year. The Gold Coast Suns, they finished 14th. My adopted team, they finished with five wins. Five wins. Pez, I know your, your hashtag is going to be uh, Premiership next year. So l- l- lay it on us, Pez. Tell us how, tell us how proud of you are, our sons. Oh, not so. Stop calling him our sons. <laughs> not all over the graveyard, mate. Come on. Um, hashtag rising dead because they were dead and they are they're starting to rise starting to show a little bit of promise starting to be in games for longer uh they kind of uh lost lost their effort and things at towards the end of the season there but they were really in a lot of games where uh they should have won by a lot more in some cases they should have actually won some games where they where they lost in some cases as well so they're not they're not there yet but they are building towards that Stuart do is in charge there, and uh, they've got rid of a lot of talent over the years, uh, a lot of great talent. Like their co-captains one year left, Stephen May and Tom Lynch, and that says a lot about the, uh, the club. Dan Prestia, a two-time premiership player, uh, has also left, and best and fairest in a premiership year uh, as well. So they, they lose a lot. They're getting a lot in because Matt Rowell, he's had some experience as an assistant coach now down on the bench, and uh, I think they're building a really good culture up there. And uh, uh, Sam Collins is a, is a leader down back who's really shown a lot as a defender. So 
uh, it, it's looking up. I, I can't see them going down. I can see them staying the, staying around the same area of the ladder. Probably trying to push for finals would be their goal. Yeah, most definitely. You know, they had four wins by round seven. And then, you know, we, we know the, they had Matt Rao go down and they had a range of other things happen and, and the effort wasn't there. But my hashtag is hashtag suns out, guns out, because they are building an absolute star-studded lineup. Matt Rao, Noah Anderson, Isaac Rankin, Ben King, Lockie Weller, Hugh Greenwood, and they've also got a lot of players coming through in that Gold Coast Academy. They're going to be up there and they're going to be slowly rising, as you've said, Pez, finals next year for sure. Yeah, and, and that's what, see, Hawthorne bring in the players when they're in their 30s or whatever and trying to stay in that premiership window, whereas what Gold Coast have done now, they're actually bringing in the players that are around that 26, 27, 28 when they're in their prime to help the young guys like a Hugh Greenwood, who's been an absolutely massive pickup uh, for that club. So uh, interesting where they're going. I know you're going to be all over them next year. Uh, and a, a big list, really, for delistings and retirings as well, Source, with uh, Jacob Dawson. Corey Ellis, Sam Fletcher, Pierce Hanley has retired, uh, coming over from Brisbane there. Jacob Heron, George Hall and Smith retired, probably forced to retire, I'd say. Jesse <laughs> Joyce, they listed. Anthony Miles retired. They were with another club that didn't work out for him. Uh, Mitch Reardon uh, and Jesse Schoenfeld. I don't really know how to say that. Josh, but, Josh yeah. Schoenfeld there, mate. I'll help you out. Stop thinking of our mate JB. It's That's a, all I'm thinking about. Josh Every Schoenfeld. time I see Jay, I think Jesse Baird. He's debuting in the finals. I'm so <laughs> nervous for the man. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> oh, we, I promise, I promise, listeners, we are a football podcast. We're not just on. <laughs> I feel like we've mentioned nothing but football. <laughs> we've got on a whole range of different things. Uh, the goal umpire, Jesse Baird, he's not getting delisted in any time soon, Pez, so don't mention that his name in uh, the word, same sentence as delisting again, please. No, that's it. Uh, any, more, any more thoughts on your son's? No, Pez, uh, I'll be talking too much about them next year to, to you know bore you with talking about them now. Let's get on to the next team in our show. 13th place, Essendon Bombers. Um, a really, really disappointing season for them after starting off the season um, in a really great position. They were 5-2 and two, um, you know, with Melbourne in hand by round eight. And after that, for them not to make this make the finals, you tell a team that they're five and eight, uh, five and two, going into round eight, uh, and them not to make the finals, you'd be extremely disappointed. So, what's your your hashtag for them? Yeah, five and two with a game under belt uh, to play against Melbourne. A lot of Essendon supporters I know were super excited because they were top four, they were in the top of the ladder, they were going to be top two and get a get a final the COVID year was uh, the most amazing thing because they were going to win a premiership in the in the COVID year and it wasn't going to have an asterisk next to it because Essendon won but as soon as they realized that their team was no good uh, that changed and they said this year doesn't really count let's just uh, end it here uh, my hashtag um, is actually a number hashtag uh, 5689 uh, I love it the count of the amount of days since Essendon have last one a final and uh you probably can add another 365 days onto that one <laughs> because uh their outlook for next year is not looking good um and that sort of supports my hashtag is my hashtag is essendon done because i am done with essendon, essendon. Done. next year if i mention anything about essendon being good can you just punch me in the face because the last three years i've said that they've been good their list has lied to me i'm as frustrated as essendon supporters I'm done with them. I don't want to talk about them anymore. How can you be five and two up to round eight and then finish with six wins? 
Six wins, Ooh. Pez. That, that's, that's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. They were – I think there was a range of things that went wrong for them. Um, they, they had the, the third worst percentage in the league for a start, 79.2, and they finished with – uh, what what did I say? Five, six wins. They finished with six wins. I think that they tried at the start of the year to play that uh, Richmond-style forward handball game. Um, you know, obviously having Ben Rutten and Blake Carousella in the reins coming across from Richmond, but they just don't have the list for it. Their, their list on paper looks good, but they had too many injuries. They're probably going to lose uh, Joe Danaher. They'll probably lose Fantasia. Jake Stringer can't stay on the field. I, I, I don't know what they do to fix it, and I'm done talking about them. So I'll handball it over to you, mate, because I'm done. Yeah, another uh, another rebuilding club here. Maybe they should uh, go down to Tasmania with that uh, Joker Club North as well, and uh, maybe do a little bit of a merger. Have a have a what is it? What would it be? Black, red, white, and blue. A bit of a bit of a team there. The uh, the Bomberoos, something like that. Uh, yeah. Idea for the AFL. <laughs> Idea for the AFL. But um, yeah, they. You know what? They'd probably put together a side with their two lists. They can use every single player and and still not be competitive. So. Uh, that's not that's not too good when you when you say it like that. They do have some promising young players like Jordan Ridley, best and fairest uh, winner. Should have been all the same. Uh, wants wants to wants to stay on as well. And uh, it, it he had a really positive year. Dustin Heppel, uh, Dyson Heppel, sorry, he had a bad injury during the year as well with uh, the break. Uh, so that's not that's not too good. Tom Bell Chambers is now retired, so they're they're putting a lot of eggs in uh, to Sam Drake, Draper's basket, who hopefully can develop as a ruckman. But we know. Uh, he is a mature age as a 21-year-old uh, type of rookie, but they take a long time, Ruckman. So they usually get to about 24. So you can usually find a, a Ruckman that's ready to go later on and not try and you know do that with Sam Draper, hopefully become a good player for them. Tip and Woody, you're going to waste his uh, talent and his speed down in that forward line at the moment. Ash McGrath is pretty good in the midfield. Merritt doesn't do enough for me. He gets a lot of the pill, but uh, yeah, it doesn't. It, like a Tom Mitchell type sort of thing. He finished, I think he finished third in the Brownlow the other year, which was really surprising. And then he comes out and he's, he's not anywhere near that anyway. So uh, Hurley, who is probably the one that complains the most about giving away a free kick or giving away a mark uh, when he does it all the time. It's not, it's he, not he complaining. It's like absolute disappointment. It's like, and frustration, he's, like he's, he thinks so he's the best <laughs> defender in the league or something and he loses a contest and he's like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> he looks like a kid when you've taken away their toy and you're like, you know what? I'm taking this. You're not getting it back for the week. You can see him just like, there's nothing you can do about it, mate. The, the facial expression says everything. <laughs> you're so frustrated, but you've done the wrong thing. Like, just get over it. Yeah, like, it's um, it's, it's all right. It's all right to do that sometimes, Michael, <laughs> early, but... Just try and try and stop it more than you more than you don't. But not too many other positives for Essendon, um, to be honest. Josh Begley delisted. Tom Bell Chambers retired. Noah Gown delisted. Mitch Hibbard uh, delisted. Connor McKenna retired. He didn't even want to be out there this year. <laughs> Did he, Connor McKenna? Uh, Sean McKernan delisted, and Kobe Much delisted. Yeah, Kobe much delisted. That sounds funny in that sentence. Uh, Kobe uh, much delisted. No, but they, you, you are right, Pez. They, they were not many uh, promising signs for them, and it's disappointing that, you know, Adam Saad probably having his career best, and he's most likely being connected with a lot of other clubs. He's probably going to leave. They took uh, way too long to unleash uh, Sammy Draper and uh, Irving Mosquito on us and let us uh, enjoy that, but... Really disappointing for Essendon to finish off the way they did after having that start they did. 
And, uh, you know, the, the, the coach that they had, they had, he had one foot out the door from, from the moment he was there. You know, you are getting uh, Rutten taking over. Hopefully he can sort of implement that game plan. But realistically, I think they're going to have a few more lists, uh, people leaving as well. I think, as I said, Fantasia, Danaher gone. And I don't really know what next for them. I don't know how they fix it. If they lose Danaher, they obviously need some sort of forward. They have been linked to Jordan Goey, but I doubt that he'll probably uh, sign there. They'll probably get someone more like Tom McDonald. It's probably more a realistic target, which is really disappointing for them because they're going to finish roughly where Melbourne finished if, if Tom McDonald's your, your lead forward there. They need to keep Joe Danaher. If they can keep Joe Danaher, then I can see some promise for them next year and you know, I'll probably buy into them again next year, but they need to keep Joe Danaher, number one priority. Yeah, and uh, there's been a lot of talk about that with uh, club legends coming out and saying, mate, make up your mind, Essendon, why are you giving it this much time? He's had 18 months to think about it pretty much. He hasn't played hardly any games. And uh, it, there's been the talk of him looking disinterested, sitting on the fence and things like that during games. But uh, he's their superstar player if they can keep him. And uh, Danaher name at the club and just revitalise that club. But uh, if, he ca- if they can't, they're just going to have to start the whole rebuild and put some others up for trade and things like that because they're not going to do anything. And surely that shows you in itself the fact that club legend, you know, Danaher name linked to Essendon forever, that he has spent 18 months deciding his fate at the club. He obviously doesn't want to be there, but he can't bring it in himself in his heart of hearts to actually leave because he knows how much that the name means to the club. But there's obviously something going on there. He doesn't believe in the list. You're right. He doesn't look delisted. He doesn't look delisted. He doesn't look interested. And I don't think it's a promising sign, but it is a promising sign that 18 months later, he still hasn't decided. So they're still in for a shot. So I would be whining and dining him and uh, doing everything you can to keep him there. They need to keep him there. And they've, they've had to try and do that this year. And it's been a really tough year to be able to do that. Adrian Dodoro, obviously, historically, really hard to deal with uh, in, during trade week and the trade period. And he was, he's just horrible to deal with because Sydney were offering some good deals last year for Joe Danaher. They didn't take it. And in hindsight, that now looks like a mistake because they're not going to get as, as good a deal as they were going to get when he leaves uh, at the end of this season. Yeah, most definitely. All right, speaking of end of seasons, we do get on to the next team in Fremantle. Dockers, the 12th finishing Fremantle, had seven wins, which is um, sort of, they had eight wins last year. So um, they've gone down in terms of wins, but they've gone up in ladder positions because last year they finished 13th. So a much improved um, sort of Fremantle side. We didn't expect them to be um, as performing as the, that they did, as high performing. Pez, hashtag for Frio. Hashtag Freo is uh, a very simple one. Hashtag Rising Stars because young Caleb Sarong won the Rising Star for Fremantle. Very, very good to see. Got some extra help for Fife. I think the other Rising Star, and the reason I did it uh, plural, is is their coach, Longmuir, because he's done an absolutely fantastic job with this this club. Ross Lyon came in and was all defence, defence, defence. And he that's what Longmuir has done as well, defence, defence, defence. And now he's starting to creep in that offensive game style to them. So they've learnt the the basics, they've learnt the defence of what they need to do and how they can switch between that. And then now they've got to get that elite kicking skills where they can transfer from the back line to the forward line and score because uh, they've learnt, the, learnt one end of the ground, now you've got to learn the other end of the ground. Yeah, most definitely. And I 100% agree with that. My hashtag is all to that. I've gone hashtag anchor management because I think that the decision that Long Muir is doing there in managing that side and those young stars, you know, you talk of, you obviously got the superstar in Fife, but they had three players actually named in that 40 All-Australian squad in Tabernar, Luke Ryan and Fife. 
Pair those with Brayshaw and Sarong. If they have same sort of, you know, those sort of seasons again next year, they've got Loby in the in the ruck there. Like they're a decent sort of side. And if, as you said, if they can start to have another preseason with that defensive pressure anchoring, and you know, love the pun, anchoring into a strong offense and a, and a, a forward pressure that where we know that they can score, they're going to be a good side, and then they're probably going to improve again. And they would be aiming for top eight next year if they can have that same output from those young stars. And then, of course, you're going to get some other players that you know couldn't get on the park, like Alex Pierce couldn't get on the park. You had Sam Sturt that they couldn't really get as many games into as well. You forget about Sam Sturt, the highly... Um, Highly uh, touted, sorry, talented um, 17th pick in last year's draft who couldn't really get on the park. There's two more players that step into that side. And realistically, finals next year for Fremantle is, is a realistic aim. And I think they should uh, they, they should be really successful into it if they continue to develop this this great game plan that uh, Longmuir is putting in. They definitely should. They've got the culture there because you've got the, one of the best players in the competition, Nathan Fife, who's... Uh, knew this team was going to go through this period after their grand final appearance and uh, signed a long t- long-term contract to stay there. Um, you mentioned some of the young players, Adam Chera as well, uh, I'd add to that list. And Blake Akers and James Aish, not the big names, but they've been uh, impressive in that last month of footy on the wing. Uh, so, you know, they've, they've got some players there. They've got things to work with. Another one that I will mention is Brennan Cox, who was a, a failed forward, you could say. Uh, and they've moved him into defence, and he's actually uh, played very well. I didn't know he'd be that mobile, but but watching him in defence, he actually you know gets some gets some stops to have a bit of a basketball term and uh, rebounds the ball and uh, nice left foot kick. So there you go. Yeah, they, they've done really well for him, Ansel. Uh, most people didn't expect them to be even close to to where they are now. Uh, the list didn't offer much promise, but the fact that we're talking about how you know highly talented, highly talented the list is, and how much potential they have really shows you that um, how well how well they've been managed and a great job that the coaching staff's done in Fremantle. Yeah, and uh, we talk about their delisting, so no retirements because obviously they're a bit of a young club. So Isaiah Butters, Jason Carter, Hugh Dixon, uh, Tom North, Dylan O'Reilly, Jarvis Pina, all delisted. Then you've got Cam McCarthy who came from GWS. He's had a, a few issues in his in his career so he's been delisted as well and one that surprised me source was uh brandon matero who came from the gold coast and a lively little forward at times up at the gold coast and at Fremantle. uh not a regular spot in the side and uh, a delisting at the end of the year yeah he, he was one of those players that you, you're excited to watch i remember when he first played at um, gold coast he was exciting and sort of popped up he had the material name which you know made you pay attention but yeah, just couldn't get a regular, uh, regular gig in the Fremantle squad. And but I like what they've done. They just cut the dead weight, bang off. You know, we're, we've got a potential to not top up with players. We're going to back our young talent. Any of these players here that are that twenty-seven to twenty-eight line, they don't fit our timeline. Boom, you're gone. Um, I feel like they could have got something for for Matera, um, but obviously, you know, he was out of contract. Um, they probably could have shopped him around last year, probably a bit better. Um, but. Yeah, it's, it's good to see no retirements. It means that Fremantle, for Fremantle fans, and we've got a massive, massive Perth following the pairs, they could, should be excited for, for 2021. That's it. And uh, shout out to all the, the Perth followers over there. We don't know if they are Fremantle supporters or West Coast <laughs> supporters, but... Uh, yeah, they'll they'll hate it, hate it, hate it, or love it, depending on which one they are. Yeah, they'll either really agree with us and probably have more to add, or they'll absolutely disagree with us, call us idiots, and uh, probably unsubscribe. <laughs> so please don't do that. Uh, make sure you just uh, instead of uh, unsubscribe, hit the, the five star ratings and just chuck that in there for us instead. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little cheeky one. There you go. The purple haze. 
The purple haze. We go from one colour to another, Pez, with the 11th finishing, Carlton Blues. Finished with seven wins. Um, I'm going to straight out say it. It was a really, really disappointing season for them. They won just seven games, um, which is, isn't really impressive for them. They had a massive jump in percentage from last year. But too many times, they let big leads go away, and they had too many single-digit defeats with Melbourne, Port Adelaide, and GWS, three teams that were all fighting for finals. What's your hashtag for, for Carlton? Yeah, so you, you spoke about that with Carlton uh, going missing in, in games. Uh, in, in the Melbourne game, it was very, very obvious where they didn't play in the first half and then they came back in the, the second half but couldn't quite get over the line and only winning seven games. They're that type of team source that is just always teasing their fans like, oh, yeah, we're, gonna, we're coming, we're coming. Remember that slogan, uh, what was that, maybe 10, more than 10 years ago maybe? We're, we're coming. They know we're coming. Oh, I'm still waiting. Like I'm still that. waiting for them to come. <laughs> still waiting. Uh, and so are Carlton fans. Uh, I've got hashtag heavy load because uh, Patrick Cripps, uh, shoulder reconstruction, he's trying trying to carry that team. He didn't have the best season, young Patrick Cripps. Uh, a big positive, Jacob Wiedering down down fullback who had a lot of one-on-one contests as well. So he, he is a big, big positive for them. Uh, a couple of forwards they get uh, – Kerno back next year as well, Charlie Kerno to add to that forward line. They've got a couple of forwards down there in like Levi Kasbolt, who's not really a goal kicker. He's really good at marking a ball, but he can't get into the right positions and things like that. Uh, they've got a couple of pieces there. The Sam Walsh, amazing young talent and and really great young player, one of the best under twenty two players we have in the competition at the moment. Really shone through, but oh, I don't know where they go to from here. Like, are they going? Are they actually coming, Source? It's really interesting, and Pez, I have to credit you because I couldn't uh, keep my maturity levels up there. You, you talked about the heavy load as being your hashtag and whether or not they were coming, so well well played for talking about the actual <laughs> talent there because I could not have uh, done that. My hashtag is exactly around that same sort of thing, that you, the question that you just asked, like, you know, like, can they do it? You know, what, what are they doing with their list? What, what happens next for them? Is I've gone hashtag blueberries. Now, <laughs> you may you may try to work okay. this one out. So hashtag blueberries because blueberries generally have a, a sweeter sort of taste uh, and, and they've got a bit of acid in it. But some days with Carlton, they are absolutely <laughs> sweet and juicy and they're absolutely amazing to eat with their best football. You'd eat them for days because they're so grouse. And then other times, that same punnet of blueberries, you pick them up and they are sour and you spit that right out because it's absolute garbage. And that's the two. Acid, huh? That's sour the two, that's the two difference. That's the difference with Carlton. Is their best football and their worst football is miles and miles and miles apart. That it's so disappointing, and that's what's stopping them. Is they need to learn to beat the teams below them. Simple, absolutely simple. Yep. Don't get in positions in games where you're thirty points down. That is ridiculous. That happened three or four times, and you know they, they got eliminated from the finals in the second last week. If they win those games, they're in finals. They've got amazing young talent there, as you said. Wiedering made all Australian in a team. Well, did he, did he, he should have made all Australian. Made my all Australian. Made a my all Australian as well. <laughs> Harry McKay had a very promising year. Mark Pitnett, you know, one of the one of the elite sort of uh, a ruckman in the league early in the year. You talked about their midfield, Walsh and Cripps. They've also had you know they picked up Jack Martin, who was promising throughout the year. They just need to organise themselves. They're going to get Zach Williams next year. I'm 99% sure that's going to happen. They probably, if they want to sort of salute that, I'd, I'd be targeting Brad Karach as well. And then they're going to have a consistent midfield. And then all they've got to do is learn to win. They've got to be that sweet-tasting blueberry and not those sour grape ones. 
I'm looking forward to next year and I hope this coronavirus stuff goes over because we know they're doing list cuts and, and cuts at football clubs and I'm really worried about the mascots. But um, I think Carlton definitely do need their mascot and get that big blueberry suit out and, and get them running around the field because uh, that blueberry, uh, he could be on acid as well and uh, he might have to be to, to sit through the Carlton games. I'm glad that you like my hashtag. Did you hear that? Just just on a separate note, did you hear the Geelong uh, mascot actually got the sack? The guy who did the does the Geelong, who's done it for like 15 years, got the sack. He actually got what delisted. Did he do? No, he got delisted like budget cuts. <laughs> they had a, they paid oh. him as a job, so they're just going to obviously get a volunteer or something to do it. Oh, that's that's sad. Does he get to keep the suit? Oh, well, they did have the picture of him walking out, holding the head in the hand and looking disappointed, but I'm getting God. that was just the media take. Um, but, like, blueberries would have been a better pick than the M&Ms that, uh, that Carlton did with a couple of years ago, so they should have gone with blueberries. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. <laughs> they could get um, Willy Wonka put on the big screen, watch uh, Violet. Does she turn into a blueberry? Is that what she turns into the, in the Willy Wonka show? Yeah, Violet, you're turning Violet, Violet. <laughs> Is that a blueberry violet or a violet blueberry, violet berry? Oh, I don't know, mate. I don't know. I feel like, we're again, we're talking about things that aren't football. You spoke about being excited for next year. Um, Carlton, uh, how many players are, uh, got delisted from them that aren't coming back for, for Carlton? Oh, Carlton, let me let me get to that. Oh, well, no. I know we can start one off with uh, probably the, the biggest name to, to retire for Carlton in a long time. You had Cade Simpson, who's been a staple at that club. Anyone under the age of 15 probably hasn't actually watched a Carlton game without Cade Simpson in there. You had uh, Ben Silvani delisted. Finbar O'Dyer delisted. Darcy Lang, an ex-Geelong player. Matthew Cruiser, the highly stouted number one uh, pick. And Hugh Goddard delisted for Carlton. So disappointing for a couple of those blokes who couldn't sneak into a regular spot in that side. Yeah, well, uh, Hugh Goddard at his second club uh, was, wasn't able to make it. He was a promising young talent as well. Cruiser, just ruled by injuries. And uh, in years to come, we will be speaking about him as, you know, one of the most unluckiest players to play the game. Because it seems like Carlton Richmond, we'd always watch Carlton be competitive and Richmond come over the top and win in that round one game, and then Matthew Cruiser get injured. That's, yeah, that's usually what would happen. And the worst thing was with Cruiser's every time he stepped on that park, the talent was undeniable. He was elite, and you're like, oh my goodness, if they can keep him fit, they're going to be really dangerous. And every year from Carlton fans, you heard it. Always oh, had a really strong preseason. He's looking good. Round two, boom, done. See ya. Then he normally performed round 17 or something like that, and, and <laughs> that was his next game, and then, and then they were done. Like, it's, it's disappointing. It's, it was. It was super disappointing. Like, it was round – I think it was round one this year where he did get injured, actually, in that in that first game without fans on the on the day, and it was just uh, – it's just, no, I, I, you don't like to see that. You don't love to see that. Uh, players crueled by injuries, and, and that's what happened to Cruiser. And uh, bad luck, Carlton, because they, they had a good one, and they, you know, they, they could have gone – a lot, a ton, a lot better if they had a fit and firing cruiser for his career. Exactly right. Perfect segue there, Pez. Talking about having a good one and could have done much, much, much better. It brings with sadness that I have to say this: the tenth finishing GWS Giants. You know, Pez, the, the you know fans of the show know that we we love the GWS Giants. We were all over painting the town orange. This was the year of the giant, the orange giant. They finished with eight wins, nine losses. A really, really disappointing season for for the the gold uh, the Gold Coast the jo- Giants of GWS, mate. Maybe they're turning into the new Gold Coast, mate. Maybe the next graveyard. But um, 
I like my hashtag here, and I, I don't usually <laughs> say that. I'm usually a source. I like my uh, bet slip. But uh, I do because you did mention the colour orange, and we painted the town orange when they made the grand final, and now they're not even in the finals. So uh, very disappointing. Have Lee on camera, and they got rid of uh, Heath Shaw today as well. So Heath Shaw's looking for a new club as well. So very big news there. Um, hashtag orange is the new brown. Absolute shit. <laughs> Jesus, piss. <laughs> Yeah, Pez, I'm going to say my hashtag and then we need to get in this because I've gone down the exact same thing. I'm holding no prisoners. Hashtag soft, soft sound. Because yeah. I agree with you, absolute shit. Yeah, it's, it's really quiet sound this year. Like They've got so much talent and so much. We say it all the time, but they just don't connect. They don't have that uh, collaboration together. They don't they, do they play for themselves. To the, I, I don't even know. I wouldn't know how to fix it myself. Uh, I'd love to see Alistair Clarkson go in there next year with that list. That's one thing I would absolutely love to see. And if that happened, I'd, uh, how could you pick this team for the finals with what they what they showed this year? It's it's super disappointing. It's it's one of one of three things, Pez. It's they don't believe in the coach and the system, okay? Which is ridiculous because when they move the ball down the the middle, they are one of the the best teams in the league. They're hikes, you know. Take out Lockie Whitfield, their ball movement is horrendous. Take out that you know that way that they attack it. The second one is they're all about their own egos, right? And they don't do the like. And this is this is very evident that they never use the first option. They're always looking for the can I beat this person on my own first, and then you know then it's the second option is the, is the player there. The third thing is that the talent is actually just not there, and it's just um, they had one good year and they're one and done. But I don't believe that the case. The best thing that I think for GWS is that they didn't make the finals. If they can keep a lot of their list, hopefully you can have something similar to, to the 20, uh, 206 Geelong Cats where they sit down. The only thing that's positive is they actually get to have those hard conversations. And, and I would be sitting could've, down. Could have an internal review, you reckon? Oh, they need an internal view repairs because there's too many times for you go through that list, star-studded. Every single position, talent among talent and among talent. We always talk about it. One person goes out, boom, another, another talented player comes in. They need to ask the hard questions, and anyone that doesn't want to be there, there's the door. See you later. And, and I like the idea of um, Clarkson coming in or, or someone that comes in and just needs to have say, hey, you guys were a, a terrible club. You, you were a terrible club. You were doing poorly. You now are building a legacy. They had been in the last three knockout, last, the second last week of finals, the last three, and now you finish ninth, uh, sorry, 10th, Ten, even worse. Not good they enough. They need a kiss. Not good enough. They need a kiss. Sauce. Hey, they need a kiss. They need a kiss. You know what kiss stands for, yeah? No. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> Keep it simple. Get the ball inside fifty, and you might be able to win games. It's so frustrating because there's some of my favourite players: Toby Green, Lockie Whitfield, um, Tim Taranto. Uh, they, they they play for the team that, and they just they just shit. <laughs> it, this year was so disappointing after starting round one they knocked off my cats they made, did it in convincing fashion and i thought you know what year of the giant i'm on here i picked them for the grand final picked them for the premiers and you didn't even make finals get stuffed yeah, that's that's shit ass how bad is that like um oh, it makes you speechless because you say the your favorite players that you you love to watch play but, you know, they won some games, like the Carlton game, for example, Carlton versus GWS. Carlton 
won and played better in three quarters of that game. And GWS decided, oh, I'm going to try and flick a switch now and win this game in a quarter and kick four goals. And they did it. And then they celebrated. And then everyone thought, all right, they're going to continue on with this form. No, they're not. They lost to Adelaide. <laughs> and that's that's the frustration is – what, do they just not believe in the – and we actually said coming out of the, the – I was about to say the bubble then, NBA terms, coming out of coronavirus, the pandemic, where we were locked down, we said one of the best teams that looked from all the videos we'd seen was GWS. They looked like a really close-knit group. The football they displayed was not that, and maybe it's because they had an interrupted preseason. We had round one, they looked good, and then they had that big break, thought, oh, you know, we have, we've, we've put all this effort in the preseason, we can't do it. Maybe that's an excuse. Need to see something next year, Pez, because – they face trouble keeping and retaining players as it is. If they are not making finals, they've got no chance retaining players. They're going to become an irrelevant club if, if it happens like that and their talent keeps leaving because they need to, to keep it. They, they signed uh, Caniglio, their captain, for what was it, an eight-year deal yeah. uh, a couple of years back and uh, like paying him big money and then they drop him the second. I don't know if that was the right call um, to drop your captain when your finals are on the line and things like that. Probably in hindsight, he wouldn't do it again. But um, Sam Jacobs retired, tried to go down there for a year. Shane Mumford still beat him to a spot uh, first in the side, which was really surprising. Heath Shaw, uh, been delisted, shown the door today, and Tom Sheridan has now retired. So uh, we don't know what else is going to go on at GWS, but there'll be more list changes. Not so much in the delisting retirement stages, but the, uh, the trade table, I think. Yeah, uh, hopefully they don't get um, raided and a lot of those players don't leave because I'd like to see them have a proper run-in with it, a proper pre-season in a, in a normalised season and with a good coach there. Because well, We don't even know if it's the coach pairs, but let's let's say it's just the coach because there's too much talent there to, to disagree with <laughs> with you know with that aspect of their making finals. So uh, hopefully next year they have a big run-in of it and I'll be still on the Giants because, as you've heard, I'm a sucker for, for teams with good lists and we've been in Essendon the last five years. Um, you and I were on them every single week right up until the last week, um, but disappointing for, for the Giants. I, I know what's going to happen in the off-season. You're going to do your little list analysis and you're going to be like, <laughs> well, Pez, uh, I'm feeling the Giants for the top four. They're, they're looking good. Every single season, Pez. Every single season. And yeah, you can't talk to me, Pez, because you were on them when they were sitting in 11th or 12th and you're like, they're making the eight. They're making the eight. They had one impressive win and then after that, they were dog shit. Oh, yeah. And they're making the eight. How good did that look when they had that win? Oh, that looked fantastic. Like, oh. I, th- I, thought, I thought it was money for the best, cool. Pez. I'm like, how's Pez cool. with the, the, the little crystal ball there? But uh, wow. And then they list Adelaide and I'm sitting there watching that game. I think it was on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night and I'm just sitting there going, is is this club serious? Are they taking this competition seriously? Like, like really disappointing. But uh, really disappointing. speaking about disappointing, the ninth ninth place uh, Melbourne Demons. Yes, the Melbourne Demons again did not make finals. They were much improved from last year, uh, finishing seventeenth, rising up to to ninth. But they still did miss the finals with the last week, needing Fremantle to beat the Doggies. They finished with nine wins. Um, disappointing season for Melbourne, or is it actually a positive season for Melbourne because they had a massive rise from seventeenth, Pez? Um, a positive season because they missed the finals because got to stop pretending to themselves or they've got to stop giving their fans hope that they're actually a decent club. Yes, they're building and they're becoming that. 2018 was an anomaly. We've got to stop talking about going back to that. Uh, they went into the top top four. They went over to West Coast and uh, we know the rest is history and they haven't been able to perform since. What did they win in uh, 2019? About five games. 
And then this year they've improved on that. So they've, is it an improvement from 17th up to 9th? You're, you're correct in what you say there. But they've got some talent. They've got a future Brownlow medalist, I think, in Christian Petrarca, who uh, is explosive. He can go forward and kick goals. And that's what that, that medal is built for. So he will get noticed. If it's not this year, he'll probably get a lot of votes this year, but he will get even more votes next year because it usually takes them a year to get noticed by the umpires. So um, he's, a, he's a really big positive. Their forward line, that they need they need to do something with that. They need they need a key player down there. If it's a bringing in a Ben Brown even or someone, just someone that can they can kick the ball to and have a target because Tom McDonald didn't work down there. He played up the ground a bit, started working. But Bailey Fritch and Sam Wiedemann are not your number one forwards. No. Yes, they can be the second and third. And they would be much better players as a second and third forward and not have that load on them. But they're yeah, they need to do something with that forward line. You put Ben Brown or Joe Danaher or even Jeremy Cameron into that forward line, that's a really, really dangerous forward line. But that can't be your, your structure for your forward line. And it just it just can't be, Pez. I, I, my hashtag for them is exactly the point that you, you've made there, Pez. Mine is the hashtag finals exodus because what they need to do, Melbourne fans, they need to perform an exodus, exodus and they need to get rid of those demons of the, the that finals run that they had. They need to forget that and get rid of all those expectations and take the club for what they are. They're a team that is about middle of the road. This year, they probably should have they probably should have made finals. They, they, they let a couple of games go that they should have definitely taken control of. They've got poor skill level around the, around the ground. They need to take the list for what it is and be happy at ninth build to next year, improve that skill level you know, that they, they, they lack. They, they need to build a consistent 22, fix that forward line, and then you know what? They'll be good. Maybe. That's it. <laughs> Aim for the finals. But, um, yeah, we can't see that happening uh, and them being actually good. I, do, I didn't even say my hashtag. Hashtag D-grade. And I wanted to grade them lower because, you know, <laughs> not very good. But uh, D as in D-E-E for the Demons. Uh, we'll give them a D grade like they're at school. They didn't make the finals. You don't pass. <laughs> That's a bit harsh, Pez, because you just told them that they, that they had no expectations of finals, but then they didn't make it and you failed them. <laughs> I think. Well, they shouldn't. They shouldn't have had expectations. But I'm. If I was a demon supporter and they had expectations of them making finals, they failed and they failed their their club at that. And they should have done it in a 17 round season uh, where they lost a couple of close games and lost some games that they shouldn't. So. Yeah, that's, that's their grade. Yeah, well, and that's a D-grade for them, and their, their season is finished. Same with uh, some of these players. Harley Bennell has retired, um, probably a long time coming. Forced, forced retirement, yeah, the I old tap, tap on the shoulder. Uh, Corey Wagner, Josh Wagner, and Kyle Dunkley are also delisted from the club. Surprising not to see uh, Nate Jones in, in that uh, that sort of – that there because he, he was in and out of that squad, found it hard to keep his spot, but it looks like he's going around again. Um, maybe, uh, maybe I just haven't announced it yet, but he was, he was very disappointed. He played, uh, he was in the warm up in one game and got pulled out late, uh, the week before he injured his leg and, and went off and sat off for the last quarter and he, they've shown him on the camera and he hasn't looked happy. Um, he was on the path to 300 games. Yeah, um, I think he was, he was looking uh, for playing the most games for, for Melbourne at one stage. I know he's yeah, the mo- mo- most play most player in history to play AFL and not play a finals until he played one last year or a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah two twenty yeah. six two eighty six he's sitting on. Uh, two thousand and six he started one hundred and thirty eight goals, but disappointing for for him. He probably wouldn't have made twenty uh, 
this season made the 300, but he's going around. He wouldn't again. have made 300, but um, he would have had to play some finals and then go around again and hopefully, hopefully get there. But he, I can't see him playing every game. I can't see him staying fit enough. I, I think he's lost a bit in his pace, and when you start to lose your pace, you you start to go. And um, I, I yeah, I don't think he should go around again. I tell you what, uh, just 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 on a, a separate note, Nate Jones, absolute so much respect for the footballer to stay at a club. When he was highly touted from other play other uh, clubs, you know he was performing. Um, he was a decent sort of warrior for them, but his his career highlights are a little bit disappointing. Melbourne captain from twenty fourteen to twenty nineteen, three Keith Bluey uh, transcript medals, 12, 13, 14, when they were down the the arse end of the the bottom, and a two time AFL Rising Star nominee, two thousand six two thousand seven. <laughs> That's a really disappointing wow. career highlight. Like like oh, it, at least it, at least he got nominated twice. <laughs> <laughs> that's so disappointing for for a bloke who would pride himself, and you can see his you know game routines, and he's an absolute champion of, of Melbourne. But at, at thirty two, you can't imagine that he, he's probably going to go around um, and and perform as consistently as he did back in those you know those 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 glory days. I guess at uh, 2012, 13 and fourteen, when he won three <laughs> three straight uh, club champion medals. Yeah, glory days for for Melbourne supporters. Huh? It hasn't happened in a long time. Um, but yeah, Nathan Jones, uh, time to time to hang it up probably, and hopefully he proves us wrong, and and hopefully he goes around and has a really good season and 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 does something with it and helps Melbourne try and climb into that finals and uh, try and get rid of those demons, as you said. Yeah, it'd be nice after a, <laughs> after a big sort of career, after a fifteen year career, to have two finals appearances. It'd be really nice. So hopefully he can do that. Uh, hopefully he can sort of sort of get that done. Uh, but Pez, and that to the accolades. I'm surprised it doesn't say something like uh, <laughs> eighteen Brownlow votes or something like that. Like. Oh, it probably does. I'm on Wikipedia, mate. So <laughs> I just did the quick Google. So I knew that uh, whilst the uh, information can't always be extremely accurate, generally most of the the basic facts are correct and. Uh, not much for, for poor old Nate Jones, but uh, that. And thank uh, you, thank you to our sponsors over at Wikipedia as well. <laughs> yeah, make sure you jump across to uh, Wikipedia and get up uh, some of that fake news. <laughs> oh, then that's that's good. Always, always good fun speaking about the bottom ten teams now with the eighteen team competition, and uh, we had our hashtags there. Let us know what your hashtags are at behind the bound on Twitter and Instagram and behind the boundary on facebook as well we are going to be doing a cheeky pump pod for the pre-final show source coming up uh probably on the thursday night so we can have the most up-to-date information on the finals as well yeah can't wait for that show pairs really excited for finals football uh, and uh after that we'll be saying goodbye to a, a couple two more teams so um can't wait to discuss those and see those hashtags yep a couple of, we'll be do, continuing this segment of season over uh, right up until after the grand final, until all teams are eliminated except one who is holding up the Corona Cup. <laughs> the Corona Cup, you flog. <laughs> oh, well, I like well, that. Well, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I haven't heard anyone call it that yet. No, so I haven't either. I can't believe it hasn't been toted, the, the, the Corona Cup. So uh, hashtag Corona Cup, hashtag uh, JB for president, hashtag, what did you say? <laughs> um, fingers, finger sticks or goals or something like that. <laughs> For our I man think I JB. said the word. I think I said the word shit for a lot of clubs today. So, um, <laughs> yeah, hashtag shit. <laughs> All right, Pez, you might wrap up before I have to do too much work censoring some of this stuff. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm Pez. Peace out. <laughs> I'm still sore stuff. We'll catch up next time.